When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Ant Wright, uh, our new analyst. Not as new anymore, but you know, about a month with us. He's doing video breakdowns on the YouTube channel there. Some written stuff on the site as well. Former Michigan basketball player, content creator. You've seen him on Twitter, of course. We will talk a little bit about Rutgers, which we'll start with, and then we'll get into that Michigan State matchup. Uh, but let's let's start with that game on Tuesday. Shorthanded Michigan team, uh, not able to get it done. But man, when you think about the impact of those bench guys and what they, you know, what it was, it's like it's one thing to think that you know they would have helped, and I think they would have. But at the same time, that team was down 11 when before they even subbed. And I know they brought in you know Kobe Bufkin, a kid who was playing a little more over the last couple games. Jace Howard played a big role uh, in the first half, at least. Tough one altogether, but I think it was really kind of some of the similar problems we're seeing. It's not necessarily because they were shorthanded, so I guess I'll just throw it to both you guys on uh, what you saw Tuesday, what were the problems. I want to ask Ant, 14 points in the first four and a half minutes, man, that they gave up again. This this team's defense, is that the major problem with this this team? Because right now uh, these guys seem a little bit lost on that end. Uh, That's one of the major problems. Uh, I think there is a severe lack of attention to detail is one. Uh, I also didn't see a lot of sense of urgency. Like, this is a very important game that you just can't lose. At the time, it was a quad three. Now it's a quad two. But at the same time, like, you, if if you want to accomplish the goals that you set coming into the season, uh, you can't go on the road and lose that game, um, especially if you're sitting at seven and five. Rutgers is also seven and five. Now they're eight and five. Right. So that's another team who is now going to be above Michigan. So um, they are, you know, opportunities are kind of dwindling down here. Um, They have to be mistake free from here on out. And it's not even about a tournament anymore. Now it's just about, you know, like show that you can get better from game to game. Show a chain of consistency from game to game. And I think that's probably one of the more frustrating things. Uh, defensively, there was, I think there was one point they were. (laughs) Someone else doesn't like the defense. What? (laughs) All right. I love you, Walker. (laughs) No, but man, you know, it's, it is a, it is a really big, it's a it is a consistency thing, and there was no sense of urgency in this, especially in that Rutgers game, where you just feel that this team needs that, especially if you want to go into a stretch that's coming up, hosting Michigan State, hosting Purdue, uh, uh, going on the road to an Illinois team who is hungry, uh, who is doing very well in this Big Ten season, having a pretty good season overall, especially with the guys who have gone down um, with their COVID stuff that they've had. And they're, and they're still able to, you know, be one of the top 
in my opinion, top 20 teams in the country. So um, that's, you know, like that's pretty much what summed up the first few minutes of that Rutgers game is like, okay, now we're, now we're, you know, back to, you know, low sense of urgency, low attention to detail. Um, and they go up 14 to six within minutes, um, which is insane for a Rutgers team who really can't score the ball like that. They want to muck it up. They want to keep it low. And for them to have 14 points, um, that's like, like that's, that is just not good. That's not good at all whatsoever. Yep. Let me ask you this, Ant, because uh, I, I remember that third team that you played on, John Beeline's third team. Uh, I think it was 2009 and 10. Uh, there were high expectations for that team going into that year after you guys made the tournament the second year. And there was something off with that team, too. Do you see any parallels? Are, are there any similarities there? Or was that a different dynamic that led to that team, I guess, underachieving? Yeah, um, there are some parallels. Uh, there are some different dynamics, too. Um, what I would say, one of the parallels is probably um, guys – guys not understanding their role wanting to be a bigger part when that's just wasn't their role at the time um who's alpha who's second in line who's third in line who's fourth in line i think i think that was a big issue um because a team a team that's different teams win in different ways um the way that that 2009 2010 team was structured was more of a pyramid right um this team, the way it's structured, should be more like a pyramid too, where you have your guy at top, you got your next tier of like two guys, and the next tier of like three or four guys. I think this team has the mentality that there's a couple more guys up top than a couple more guys on that second, you know, and and when that happens, there's gonna be a big disconnect. Um, I'm gonna touch on Michigan State here as like the comparison. Um, if you have a situation where you want to ask any player on Michigan State about any Michigan State player, they will tell you their job, and all their answers will be very, very similar. Right? You can ask their coaches the same thing, what each of their job is, and they will all say the same thing, in my opinion. I don't think you can do that with Michigan. I think you're going to have different answers from different guys, and I think that's kind of that's kind of the issue. Um, guys just don't know what to expect out of each other. Guys expect more from some. Guys expect less from some. Some guys may not agree with the rotation. Some guys may may not agree with the lineups. Some guys, you know, they're they're kind of checked out a little bit at this point. So there is just no no real cohesiveness. I feel, um, and I. I think, you know, establishing roles and everybody else understanding what your role is and what their role is, um, that's the separation between a between an okay team and a, and a great team. Like last year, last year, you know you can ask each of those guys what each person's job was. You can ask Isaiah Livers, hey, what's Austin Davis's job? Come in, throw his body around. ISO on the post a little bit, finish with your left and your right. You ask Austin Davis what uh, Franz's job is. Just be a monster on both ends. Get deflections. Do this. Do, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. And as a fan, you know what each each job of those guys are, right? Um, 
And just watching Michigan State, I know the job of each guy. Me watching Michigan, it changes from game to game. And um, there's still no identity. We're 13 games in. I think that's also a a problem um, that we also saw in 2009, 2010. Um, And what this team should have, though, over that 09-10 team is a little bit of leadership. Um, I love Manny. I love Deshaun. Those guys are my dudes. Um, but we all knew that the guys that got us over the hump in 08, 09 was David Merritt and CJ Lee. And, you know, they weren't the guys who were putting up a bunch of points and they weren't the guys who were showing out and they weren't the guys who were going to be like microwaves. It just hits you with like 10 or 12 randomly. Um, like me, who would just not play for three games and then come in and just hit a team with like three or four threes. Like that wasn't going to happen. Like they, but they were very, very solid. Like even on like plane rides, you know, being able to like talk to those guys about life, um, like, uh, like in between games and practices were on the side and they're talking about this and that the little things like that. Uh, This team had that this year, I believe with Eli, um, maybe a little bit with Hunter, but especially with Eli, because Eli, Eli is super smart. If you talk to uh, CJ Baird, one thing that he um, that he has really you know, harped on is how smart Eli Brooks is and how he thinks at another level. Um, so that's that's the one thing that's different with this team. Like they have that leadership coming back, but. Um, I'm just wondering if his voice is being respected the way it should. And that, that kind of brings up my next question, because I agree. Like, a lot of that is on the leadership. We've talked about that. And we talked about that, I think, three weeks ago when it was just you and I about how does this team have the fire, you know, as a leader. We know Eli Brooks is a smart player. We know he's a very good player. You know, he's turned himself into – probably the best version of himself, but he kind of puts himself more in that quieter mold. And it's just kind of his personality. And I'm not blaming him for that, but there's no Xavier Simpson, uh, you know, on this team, how much of, you know, the, the lack of role definition and things like that, how much of that is coaching? Because we've had a couple people, uh, you know, come, you know, I've had people, you know, say to me, like, you know, why is Juwan Howard getting a pass for this team? And, and I've said, I, I don't think he is. I mean, we're talking about, uh, all the things that are going wrong. We're talking about all this, but from your perspective as a former player, how much of that is coaching and how much of that is, hey, there's just not the guys on this team right now to you know, get that out of the rest of the guys. Like Jawan Howard might be telling them one thing, but uh, you know, if you don't have that leader on the floor, and not, again, not saying Eli's not a leader, but the right leader at, you know, for this team on the floor, you know, how much of that is in the coach's control? Some of it can be under the coach's control, but I'll tell you what, man. As a competitor, losing sucks. And when you're losing, uh, when you're about a 500 team, uh, the voices from leadership aren't as loud as when you're 13 and 1, 12 and 2. Because now it's like, well, you got us here. Like maybe we should be doing something else. Right? Now there's that, hey, what should we do? What should we do? So um, that that part is unfortunate from Jawan's standpoint. you know, I've been very vocal about the rotations and very vocal about the lineups and how the how the construct of the of the team right now in the in the top ten uh, needs to be adjusted a bit. Um, you know, you know, like 
on paper, they're a talented team. And and that's why Michigan fans are so confused. They're like, okay, this is a super talented team. You know, why aren't things clicking and, and coming together? Um, talent, talent can take you so far in college basketball. This isn't college football. This is not college football where like you could have a team like you know, like Georgia, right? Just you know, stomp or Alabama, just be able to overcome things with their talent and just stomp. Uh, you you do need talent when it comes to Division One basketball, but these guys have been playing against each other since they were fourth and fifth grade. They're not afraid of each other. They know each other's tendencies. Um, there's not a mental block there. Uh, there's ways to scheme with talent really, really well in basketball, the way that the game flows. Um so the so the talent, the talent is still good on the team. The talent is good, but they gotta find a way to be able to you know, still be they still gotta believe in the coach because I I guarantee all the stuff that I preview, they harp on times 10 in practice. Why isn't that being executed is the only thing. Um I'm not at practices. I, you know, like there's, I try to see things from a basketball lens, but like Beeline, he had, he drilled so much film, like so much film. It's very hard to not see certain things, you know, like, like four years of just film, just being just drilled in your forehead, like, Man, we we've sat in film for like an hour, hour and a half, and you know he would he would break down one play for like fifteen minutes, going over every little based off of how a guy steps when he passes, based off of how a guy turns and all that stuff. And um, that's the extreme. That's the extreme. Uh, I highly doubt Jawan is that extreme with his detail, um, but there is but there's got to be. Um, there's got to be something there that, you know, him and his staff need to change with their approach in terms of how they're teaching things. If they need to lessen 10 points of focus down to four or three because the attention to detail and the attention span on this team's a little bit lower, which is fine, which is fine. You got to know your team. If, if uh, they need to focus on maybe two or three things or four things instead of six, seven, or eight, Maybe that can that can really get the ball rolling in terms of improving every single game. On that point, uh, Musa Diabate, his head seems to be spinning a little bit, trying to learn a couple of different positions. I think Beeline was one position for a freshman, right? When they first got here, he wasn't trying to yeah. overload them, yeah. right? Yeah, because so, all that's nuts. Yeah. Right. And so when you're looking at Musa out there and you actually had a great breakdown of one play where he was out of position on defense. And I'm thinking, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to click and maybe he's being overloaded a little bit. And part of that is by necessity. If Brandon Johns isn't going to give you anything at that position, uh, Musa Diabate is going to have to be they're going to have to accelerate him and take the bad with the good. Right. I mean, this kid is a freak athlete and he brings a lot to the table offensively and in terms of energy. But I don't think that was the kind of role that they envisioned for him in his first year, having to rely on him so much. Am I wrong? And and do you, does it look like the game's going a little fast for him right now? I, you know what, like he, he is. Uh, first of all, I love watching him play because mm-hmm. he goes 
hard all yep. the time. And I got a bunch of uh, replies and mentions about Moose's lack of effort on that on that box out with Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, you don't understand. That wasn't an effort thing. That was Mulcahy with his three or four years of experience <laughs> that outsmarted him. It wasn't about an effort because if you if you really watch, Musa went to block. He was down. He was low. He had his elbows out, and he's looking. He's looking. Okay, because once a guy doesn't really crash, you pursue the basketball. There's no blocking right. out, right? And as an athlete, the ball's 11 feet in the air. You can just go get that, right? Um, so what happened was he went to block. There was no contact. So now he goes to the next thing and pursuing, right? Once he pursued, he didn't know that as he turned his head, okay, he just right behind his back and got the basketball. That yep. was 100%. Um, that was just – he. He beat him upstairs. That wasn't yep. an effort thing. Um, he every play that he does that you that is like like a boneheaded play, it's him going oh, too hard. Mm-hmm. He's never had a boneheaded play where he just was where it was a lack of effort. You right. know what I mean? And you can kind of live with those if you're a freshman. Um, it would drive Beeline crazy, but um, but him having such a high motor all the time. Uh, you can't not play him, but you have to find a way to control that energy and focus it towards positive plays and not negative plays. That play where I broke down where he, he was out of position, that is a shell drill. That is something that you learn when you're in high school, where you move when the ball moves. The ball moved twice. He didn't move at all. That's like super basic stuff. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what they're talking about in practice. I don't know what they're going over. Um, but that is a that is a drill that is used at the lowest and lowest of levels um, that should still be used in college consistently just to keep the basic things okay. But um, and, and in terms of his playing time, um, I mean, him co- coming in and playing over John's, you saw in the first one or two games where he wanted it. Like he he demanded more playing time with this play, with this energy, with you know what he gave. And you know, watching the games, I'm just like, yo, Brandon better watch out. Like, yo, I'm like, yo, Brandon better watch out, man. This dude's coming. Like, this dude is coming after you hard right now. And um, and I'm a big Brandon Johns fan. I like Brandon a lot, and I don't. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand a lot of things that you know Brandon does, unfortunately. Um, but like, I see the talent, and I saw the talent his senior year in high school, and I'm just like, what is going on? You talk to like pro trainers out in like Indianapolis and like Indiana, and they're just like, yo, Brandon's a pro. But I don't know. I don't know between the ears what's happening, exactly. what's going on. And I think that's what that is. But, well, they're shooting <laughs> basketball outside. They so. agree with you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> if you I got to tell you this, man. I think you nailed it, though, with the in between the years. And that's not something that you can always control, man. And that's what I tell people all the time. You know, when the lights go on and Phil Martelli talks about when the popcorn's pop and how do you play – uh, sometimes guys just don't react the same. There are guys that have ice in, in their veins and there are other guys who don't and they think too much or they get nervous or whatever. And maybe that's mm -hmm. the case. You know, we've talked about with different coaching staffs now about Brandon and his confidence uh, because this kid, it's like you said, man, he's got all the skills to be a pro, but sometimes it never clicks. So you're hoping, yeah. you know, maybe it, it, maybe a guy like Greg Harden comes out of nowhere, you know, and gets to him right. and talks down and, right. or something like that because you're just waiting for the light to go on and for him to be that guy that we saw against Rutgers at, at Madison Square Garden a few years ago, you know. And people are going to laugh and be like, Brandon John's a pro. They're like, oh, brother, these guys. On the dude, mm -hmm. this dude was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, grabbing, re like blocking shots off the backboard, grabbing it, and then – Going up against a point guard, dribbling the ball up the court, hit him with double combo moves and hitting a three from like 25. Like that's yep. like crazy, crazy stuff. And yep. his trajectory, his trajectory, he was supposed to be a first round pick. Yep. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's kind of went on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what because like these kids can be going through stuff that we don't even know about. Um, or you know, like influenced, I'm not sure, but um, like they, uh, but yeah, man, he was he he was he was so his potential, he had more than DJ Wilson, yes, he had more than Mo, like, and that's no disrespect to them either, but their trajectory, you saw that, and then I had to talk people all off the cliff for two years about DJ. <laughs> then then he finally does what he does. Um, and I'm really surprised that Brandon never got to that point. I am very surprised. Yep. Well, he's got half a season left, right, Clay? And so here's hoping, man, that maybe the light goes on. You never know. <sighs> it's never too late, kid. So and oh. it could start tomorrow against his hometown, East Lansing, you know, Michigan State Spartans. Obviously, a huge game. Michigan does not want to fall to 500 in this season, one and three in the Big Ten. At the same time, they're probably going to be shorthanded again in this game. So that's the caveat. But Ant, when I look at this team, uh, one of my big thoughts about it is similar to what you talked about earlier, where they all kind of have their role. And the similarly to how Michigan's pieces haven't really fit quite together this year, Michigan State's have. I mean, as we know, transfer point guards are kind of hit or miss. Tyson Walker seems to be a big hit. Uh, you know, averaging over five assists per game. They still play Hogard a little bit. Um, but it's a very good defensive team. They don't shoot a ton of threes, but they make them uh, at a really high clip, top 10 in the country. Uh, both of you guys, I guess, what are your impressions of Michigan State, how Michigan may match up? And I know, again, the caveat is that Michigan's probably not going to be or, or definitely not going to be at full strength. So you don't know exactly who's going to be there, and, you know, you're not going to have all your depth. But at the same time, this is a huge game at home, a maze out at Chrysler Center, and, hey, maybe they pull one out here. And Ken Palm, by the way, has this as a – Michigan is a two-point favorite, which is just crazy to me. And I know they're more on the analytics side than looking at, you know, who's not playing or whatever. But even with that, uh, pretty surprising to me. And 
Um, yeah. So they should be shorthanded, but if there is something came down yesterday with the whole new protocols. Um, it's like it's a five day protocol, and if you have no symptoms, you're good to go. I I heard that they had COVID issues a couple days prior to Rutgers. So I'm not sure if those guys will be good to go to practice yesterday or today to be able to play tomorrow. I'm not sure about that. Uh, also, if you're vaccinated and you've had close contact, you no longer need to be uh, quarantined. Um, and I think that's as of yesterday. So, like, let's hope that, you know, they have more subs tomorrow, hopefully. Um, but either way, you, you got your starters. So figure it out, right? <laughs> Figure it out, um, and let's play Isaiah Barnes over uh, um, another player, and then we should be okay too. But yeah. let's um, let's be real about this. This Michigan State team uh, has been, um, I'm going to say, a little bit surprising. Uh, one of Tom Izzo's better jobs this year. Uh, in my opinion, um, probably his least talented team in the last decade or so. But they have found a way to really come together and really maximize their roles. Um, and, and like, I'm looking at their team and their roster. Last year, they didn't have Xavier Tillman. They didn't have Cassius Winston, and they struggled. Uh, Aaron Henry stepped up and played as an All-American, and they and got them through to the NCAA tournament. Um, this year they don't have Cassius, they don't have Tillman, they don't have Henry. And I'm like, who on this team is going to be able to do it? I was, I was always a big Malik Hall guy. I was always a big Gabe Brown guy. Also, I was a big Joey Hauser guy. So I'm like, okay, which one of these guys is, is going to step up? Uh, and it's been Malik Hall and Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown has, 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 has been playing like an all big 10 player. Malik Hall. I mean, he's had some really, really nice games this year. Um, and all their players expect that. All those players look to Gabe to be able to uh, pull them through. Um, Max Christie, um, who uh, came in as the, the number one shooting guard in the country, uh, he's shown to be um, a pretty good two-way player as well, being able to also play a bit of defense. He's about 6'6", has long arms, uh, a bit disruptive. Um, Marcus Bingham has been a dude this year. Marcus Bingham's probably, probably, probably should win Defensive Player of the Year, but we know how those votes can go, you know. Yes. But in my opinion, you know, he should probably win Defensive Player of the Year this year um, with the way that he just disrupts the paint. Any anything within five feet, the other team knows they're either going to get their shot blocked adjusted or they're thinking about it so they shoot something crazy up on the uh um rim but uh matchups are going to be very very tough what's good for jones what's good for jones what's good and bad for jones kind of is that against ruckers um jones was guarded with a lot of size he was guarded by guys who are six four six 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 seven um against this team He's going to be guarded by guys, by a guy who was smaller than him. Now, he has really good hands, and Devontae has shown to push off a lot. So he's he's going to get up in him. He's going to force Devontae to really, to really be more shifty 
and if Devontae can use can use his body some without being an offensive fowler, he should be okay. Um, I'm more wondering who's going to guard Max Christie. You know, uh-huh. if you're Eli Brooks, you're six one, you're giving up five six inches to a good shooter. Um, you know, I'm interested in seeing Caleb Houston versus Max Christie. Uh, the power forward position, Musa versus Malik Hall. I'm going to be very interested in that. Uh, Bingham versus Hunter. I'm going to be in- interested in that. Uh, they actually match up pretty well with Michigan State, in my opinion. Um, but, but I'm not worried about the first 33, 34 minutes. I'm just not. Michigan could be up by 10 or down by 10. This is going to come down to to the last five or six. Who's going to who is going to be who's going to put the lineups in to win the game? Who is going to execute better to win the game? Uh, who is going to make the right calls to win the game, whether defensively or offensively? Um, that's what it's going to come down to, and that's the part that you know worries me, uh, because Michigan State has found their formula of who opens games who the rotation is, and who closes games. Michigan still doesn't know who that is, and um, I I hope they find that. I hope they they uh, find that in this game. And then continue the following game, right? Just give me two games, two games back-to-back where you're like, okay, this team has an identity. Not one game and then you do nothing. You know what I mean? But, you know. And I think this is the perfect time uh, for this game, to be honest with you, coming off Rutgers. This is basically do or die for the season. And I know people will say, oh, there's no such thing as a must-win game. But I think the effort, because it's the rival, and uh, because that gym's going to be packed and you're having the maze out and everything else, I think that's going to be there from the get-go and that they understand that this is it, man. The urgency has to be there in this game. A, or you're going to get embarrassed by your rival. B, uh, you're going to lose again to your rival at home, and you're essentially going to be out of – I mean, right now they're on the outside looking in for the tournament anyway, but this is a chance to turn the season kind of like that team where Stu Douglas hit that shot um, when they started. Now, you guys, they were one and six back then uh, when Stu Douglas pulled out that shot at Michigan State. But you've got an opportunity to salvage your season and turn things around with a huge win over a rival that can really springboard this season. So that's the hope, I think, tomorrow. And uh, as to your other points, I think you're spot on. And this is a team that Michigan can beat. And Tom Izzo said yesterday, and he said, uh, anybody who thinks this isn't a good Michigan team is crazy. Uh, I'll tell him right now, uh, I'm not crazy, but right now this is not a good Michigan team. But to your point, man, it's about how playing together and meshing the way that Michigan State has this year. If they do that, I think they can certainly give Michigan State a game and, and certainly win that game play. Yeah, and he was doing his whole fake compliment thing, saying, talking about yes. how much talent they have and kept emphasizing yes. that as well. Um, that's just kind of Tom Izzo, but that's another story for another day. Uh, he's, he's doing the Lou Holtz thing when <laughs> Lou Holtz was said, uh, yeah, another day, man. So. Anything else on this game, uh, Ant or, or Chris, you know, before we uh, send people off and, hey, Michigan take their shot at, at the Spartans? I got one thing, and I need to know where to get the hat, man, because I've had people asking me about that's it. That's right. Uh, the Ant right year. Really? Oh man. Um, I I do have a store set up. It's literally just for me and the family right now. Okay. Um, and uh, that hurts, so man. Are we included in that? <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> Facts. All right. So, yeah. 
So also, I'll give you an exclusive. Um, people like my baseball hats. Mm-hmm. Um, those are super nice. So I got the gold and black Nikes. Uh, I am ordering um, a Michigan themed and a Lions themed. Um, the Michigan theme is going to be blue with like a mage, like a yellow, right? Um, emblem. And then I'm going to have a light blue with a silver emblem. And uh, I'm going to do a giveaway uh, on my Twitter, like I did with my other hats, and then get feedback on what people think. And then from there, I'll probably put them up on a store somewhere. Um, I have to get with the people who makes these to like see what we can work out and. You know, have my people talk to their people and kind of set it up. Yeah, man, we'll get uh, we'll get it on the site at thewolverine.com and uh, and get people to. I'm telling you, man, there's money to be made. I'm just saying, uh, especially hey, winter you know, hits, and my kid hey. loves that thing. Did you come up with the logo yourself, or who did that? Um, funny enough, um, I I used like a cartoon. It was like a cartoon, like anime thing, mm-hmm. and then I adjusted it and put a beanie on them. Then I adjusted it again, and I put ant on it. And then I used and I had this for a long, long time. And I, I used to change the beanie whenever I felt like it. And sometimes it was like a Michigan beanie. Then remember, uh, a few years ago, I I did this thing where I changed the beanie to the opposing team that Michigan was playing, and they okay. won every single game. So people <laughs> made me do that every single game from there. So, like, I had to make, like, a Texas A&M beanie. I had to make a Loyola beanie. I had to make a Villanova beanie, a Rutgers beanie, like, all these different beanies. And um, then that summer, I was like, like, I need an actual, like, I need something that people can recognize me by. Um, So I took that animation beanie, right? And And I went to this logo company. I'm like, hey, look outline this with gold and sure enough so it's the it's it's the guy yeah and then the beanie was right there and so they did that and i was like give me gold make it super shiny and boom that was it so i've i've had it for about two and a half three years and now it's to the point where like someone completely random and i'll be in some group chat and they would go like they never heard of me. They never heard of me, but they say that they see this all the time. Yeah, you're growing your brand. I like man. that and recognition. It's, it's hard to you miss. Know what I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like they'll see that they'll be like, oh, I know who that guy is. Never talked to him before. I don't know who that is, but I see that thing all the time. Yep. Yeah. So it's you're be everywhere. A trademark going on, man. You're yep. everywhere. It's great stuff. So I try. And thanks, man. Uh, we got five minutes here before we go on to what you want. We'll tell him you said hi. So, uh, but we appreciate Definitely. you, man. We'll, you we'll suggest, you. yeah, we'll suggest some of the lineups you've been talking about, and uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah, them I we'll... said, tell them I say, you know, uh, uh, go blue, get it done. You know, we're all behind you as fans. You know, so and, um, and former players, some yes, yes, yes. <laughs> fans and former Thanks, players. Man. I'm we'll still a fan, you. though. Absolutely. I'll see you guys.